0: The Inner Glow Getter podcast, the podcast for you, the woman who is pushing the boundaries, expanding your consciousness, and doesn't take no for an answer. This podcast will help you reduce the overwhelm, tune back into you, take back control of your health, embrace your most authentic self, and show up as your most confident, aligned, and powerful you. We do the inner work together through the safe space for you to come learn, grow, and gain knowledge in areas of your life such as body confidence, hormones, feminine flow, money, well-being, spirituality, fitness, and mindset, and so much more. Let's get started. Welcome to the Inner Glow Getter podcast. I'm so, so excited to have you on and for the the juicy, juicy topic that we're going to dive into today. Um, I'd love to start off with if you could introduce yourself to the listeners.
1: Yeah, sure. Hello. Thanks for having me. (laughs) Um, So my name is Natalie Martin, Natalie K. Martin, but everyone calls me Nat. So um, yeah, that's what I go by. And I'm a poor, multi-passionate, let's say, <laughs> um, I'm a menstrual cycle awareness coach, um, I'm an author, I'm, I'm writing my fifth book right now, my fourth one comes out in November, I teach yoga, yeah, um, and yeah, so I, I wear a few hats, um, and I'm from the UK, from Sheffield in the north of England, grew up in London, and now I live in Bavaria, southern Germany been here for five and a bit years
0: amazing amazing oh I love that many hats yes yes to many, all of many. that
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm also a Taurus if for people who are interested in that I'm a Taurus sun and a projector
0: and I'm Taurus Moon and Aquarius Sun and Projector as well. Ooh. So Ooh. we're gonna have a lot in common, I think. <laughs>
1: awesome. I love how many projectors I'm meeting at the moment. It's um feels quite amazing because we're we're quite rare. <laughs> <laughs> yeah
0: yeah is it not as rare as reflectors I, I don't think I've even met a reflector yet
1: but... <laughs> uh, one of my closest friends is a reflector okay. yeah I'm really lucky they're, they're
0: unicorns <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, shall we um rewind back in time I read on your website that you were in the kind of corporate world a few years ago in London would you be able to describe a bit about like basically how you came to do what you do and the the story behind that.
1: (laughs) The story behind that. Um, Yeah so I I grew up in London and I didn't go to uni, I kind of just went straight into work and worked my way up the ladder. So the last job that I had, I was working for London Underground in um, employee relations so we were the ones who were trying to stop the tube strikes and um, and you know kind of basically firefighting issues yeah. and so I was in HR for quite a few years, and it was an interesting job. Um, you know, definitely a lot of skills <laughs> that I needed in that particular job transferred over, but I could feel myself coming to a bit of a crossroads because all Although I had done the, um, you know, the higher education qualifications in HR, I didn't have a degree and I was starting to feel quite stagnant. So There was this feeling of, I want to do something else and I know that I want to have more, but if I move into another corporate job, then I'm, you know, either going to have to study for another few years or you know, make some other big compromise and and my heart really wasn't in it um, Mm. anymore. And so I, it's funny actually, because I just wrote a newsletter yesterday about this, but I met a French, um, a French guy when I was on holiday in Ireland and we started a long distance relationship. So I was in London and he was in Marseille and I've always loved French stuff. French films, French food, the language. And so I started to learn the language and I was going there really often. And after we split up, I kind of decided I wanted to spend a little bit of time in France and get to grips with the language. And I'd never traveled anywhere before, um, you know, just normal like beach holidays and so on. But I I signed up to work away. I found um a little, you know, workaway volunteering place in the south of France and I took all my annual leave in one go and I went for six weeks and that six weeks was the first time that I'd ever had an extended period away from work it was the first time I'd been anywhere on my own Um, and you know it was just one of those really amazing, expansive things. um And I met some musicians in the market. It sounds so random. I when, I when I give this story, and I actually I wrote it. this in my book because it is just so random. But I I heard a hand drum. I'd never heard a hand drum before, and I was in this South French, Southern French market, and I heard this hand drum, and I was like, "Wow, what is that?" Um, And I got talking to the musicians afterwards and they lived this lifestyle of um, busking around South France and Europe in the summer and then going to India in the winter. And one of them was like, you should totally come with. And I was like, (laughs) I have a job and I have bills and credit card debt and I can't just leave. And I went back to London after that six weeks. I went back to work on Monday and I remember just kind of being like, what (laughs) I've just had six weeks in paradise and I I just cried I went into the coffee machine and I cried and I was just like I can't like I can't do this anymore I don't what's the point of it um Mm. and I asked for a sabbatical for a year and they said you know we can't let you go for that amount of time and so I just said well (laughs) then I'm gonna Ciao. I <laughs> apprentice and three months later, I was on a plane to India with a one way ticket, which is a country I never wanted to go to and um and just left and then that kind of just started everything. I met my now boyfriend in Goa um he had just finished his yoga teacher training, and that led me to do my yoga teacher training, and then we came here. And it's just been one of those things of learning different modalities. So I fell in love with yoga and mindfulness, and that started to get me thinking about my body. What am I putting in there? Deciding to stop taking the pill and learning about what actually happens in my body um, over a menstrual cycle, learning what the menstrual cycle even is, and then lockdown happened and there was no more yoga <laughs> um I hired a mentor and we came up with a workshop that I could give um at the start of lockdown I did that and Claire Baker came to it and that's how I got in contact with Claire um who is obviously my mentor and then I found out that she had this cycle coach school and I was like what? <laughs> <laughs> and that was it. I just never looked back. So it's been like a long, like everything. It's always like a long journey of things just seeming to be random coming together, um, and then leading you to where you are now. So it's a very long and winding and still condensed story. Yeah. Um, but yeah, leaving, leaving the, um, Leaving the corporate lifestyle, which was fun. I was having a lot of fun at the time, you know. Like mm. I was going out and enjoying life as a single person and just being in my late 20s or mid-late 20s. Um, and now it's like a billion lifetimes ago.
0: Wow. Oh, my gosh. I love that story. I love the South <laughs> of France. I've just got visions of like chocolate and eat pray love like oh, you mentioned eat pray love yes. on your on your website <laughs>
1: yeah it was yeah. divine and it's still one of my favorite it's like that is my soul home so whenever yeah. I go back there it just feels like you know it's like one place where I can just drop everything and um I came a yoga retreat there a couple years ago and <gasps> I can't wait to get back because it's just so special yeah yeah
0: yeah it's like so much charm I know um my parents loved doing, like, I was based in London before and they were coming over from Australia and we'd often do holidays in the south of France together because my mom is obsessed with France and, um, yeah, just, like, the charm and peacefulness of those small villages, like, going to buy your baguette and the cheese and, like, the trees and, yeah. Yes. <laughs> I the olives um it also totally yeah. blows my mind that you were with London Underground because I worked I, for Network Rail quite a lot when I was in London so I can I I know exactly I what you're speaking about yeah yeah
1: <laughs> you might have people in common then the the rail more, industry is quite small one <laughs> more than likely hey
0: <laughs> yeah yeah rail industry too to yeah where we are now like coaches the wellness space menstrual cycle awareness it's a very different world I'd
1: say <laughs> we'll get further away um,
0: <laughs> so it sounds like yeah you're you kind of pivot from working to to being in India like um you did mention though that you felt that there was like a transfer transferable skills that you picked up in your in your corporate job with London Underground. Would you be able to speak a bit about that? Because that piqued my interest. Because <laughs> I I believe that too. Yeah.
1: Well, I think you know. I kind of feel like corporate has a bit of a bad reputation when it's being spoken about from the wellness space. Like it's this kind of like corporate versus wellness. But actually there is a lot, you know, like just with everything in life, right? There are transferable skills. And Mm. my job was really about firefighting. So, I mean, there's always stuff to do, but you're kind of waiting for something to happen so that you can go in there and solve it. And, you know, so it might be someone's having disciplinary action and you might have to go in and, and, you know, hear both sides of the story and look at the facts and figure out a way through it. And, you know, obviously in line with disciplinary procedure and so on. Um, And also things like, I mean, it's so bizarre because I'm actually still in quite good contact with a few of the trade union reps, at least via Facebook and so on. But those meetings, especially like big company council meetings, it's 25 people in a room, probably... Three women maybe yeah if you're lucky and you know these are guys who work on the ground like literally under the ground even Mm -hmm. (laughs) and there were times where it was just like there was so much testosterone in that room and things could get quite personal and just having to develop a really thick skin and understand that although things are being said in that meeting room the moment you step outside and in those days I used to smoke quite a lot so the moment you step outside and you have your cigarette break it's like how are you how was your weekend and you know it's so just kind of learning to be okay with um um, what's the word the only thing I can come up with is being attacked. And I don't mean it in that way, but just having to develop a thick skin and understand that. um, Yeah, yeah, resilience, right? Mm. That is probably the biggest thing that I've learned from from my time in HR. Because, and also before then, I was a property manager. So I was literally like managing these luxury properties for like 2000 pounds a week. So these are people who are very... Exacting um, mm. and quite intense, <laughs> and you know, you have to just not take things personally, and you have to be able to look at a situation as a whole and see if there is a way through it. Can you find the light at the end of the tunnel? And if you can, then what's the way to get there? Mm. Um, and so, mm. it's kind of group coaching, <laughs> yes, yeah. in a way, which is so bizarre. <laughs> It's like like group coaching all these people through this disaster that's happening, and um yeah, and then you know, trying to find your way through it so there's the more that I look back at it, and it's funny because i really this summer i I developed a new offer, and that was really me accepting and and being okay with the fact that there are parts of that corporate job that I actually really enjoyed, mm-hmm. and um. And I don't feel like it's a healthy thing to be like, "Well, it's from my corporate. It has no value now. It's like, no, that's for my corporate life, and that gives it even more value now. Absolutely. Otherwise, we'll just be floating around in like this feminine energy all the time, and you know you need some of those concrete, tangible masculine energy skills um, in in our world, I think.
0: Absolutely. I agree. Yeah. Yeah, and also just accepting like it's part of the journey. I know I don't want to look back and regret anything that I because I pursued all the paths that I did, and it's led to me to you know having really well-rounded skills. And it sounds like you're talking you're saying the exact same thing. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about with those meetings though, as whole well. Like <laughs> I at the time I worked in community and stakeholder engagement and getting like 25 men to care about the residents that are next to the very noisy works on the railway. Like getting a word in edgeways was already tough, but then the subject matter, yeah, even tougher. So I resonate with that hugely. But yeah, definitely develops a thick skin out of it and
1: yeah. Yeah, found ways. (laughs) Yeah, it's necessary and you know it's Probably helped to just care a bit less in general like you know working for yourself and and setting up things for yourself it's a very vulnerable space to be in and Mm. of course like I mean you know this morning I woke up with a big amount of like just imposter syndrome and like I can't do this and you know like asking my boyfriend for multiple hugs because I just feel like oh I can't do it I can't do it I know that Mm -hmm. I can and and it's you know there's obviously the proof of working with with clients, but there's the proof of all of the stuff that I did in my corporate life that was really challenging and you know like dealing with employee employment law and stuff that's like yeah. ugh, complicated, right? Like I can do this. So yeah, it's um I think it, it's time to kind of bring a little bit of um appreciation back in for you know the life that we've had. in corporate for those of us who have left corporate or who who want to leave the Mm. corporate world um, and bring it into what we're doing in the wellness space.
0: Yeah absolutely I know speaking to when I came into the wellness and coaching space like um, the first coach I worked with there kind of there was a lack of structure in the way we work together and I found that really destabilizing coming from corporate which is pure structure um so I I completely agree with you like I don't don't want to speak badly of that coach at all I won't mention the name but it was it was like I was like I just wish we had a bit more of a roadmap we had a bit more of a program and yeah likewise I'm passionate about bringing those skills into into the coaching industry and like mm-hmm. yeah I think what's so interesting about coaching wellness as well as we constantly talk about the industry and how to improve it too and then you've got that kind of entrepreneurial energy of just everyone is kind of like self-starters and yeah
1: <laughs> mm. absolutely
0: yeah mm. so you find yourself in Bavaria that's yeah really cool <laughs> I've never
1: been, where where is it? Like South Germany, is that right? It's Southern Germany, yeah. Yeah. So um, we are like pretty much right on the edge of Bavaria. So we're between Stuttgart and Munich. Mm -hmm. And uh, we live in a village with around, I think it's about a thousand people. Um, We literally have cows like over there. You can hear them sometimes. You have chickens (laughs) next door um which is wonderful um obviously having a dog and you know and just being able to get outside and not be in the middle of the city all the time the city's like 10 minutes drive away Mm -hmm. um and I always it's funny because I always thought I'd end up in France in a little like French (laughs) southern French village and I'm in that version of that but just in Bavaria (laughs) (laughs) funny how life, life um yeah it just delivers us with little surprises but um yeah I love it This time in my life you know, I'm 37 now um so it actually feels quite nice to just be somewhere that's quite quiet and um yeah it's like it's, it's fitting for this phase of life but yeah
0: yeah I, I feel exactly <laughs> the same yeah I'm kind of in a not as small as a thousand people but a little bit bigger but it's definitely a small town and like I was saying to my boyfriend this morning, we're driving to the nearest like big town, which is an hour away. I was like, we're going to the big smoke. And like, you literally have to think about like, I better like quickly check like what I actually need and what I need to buy while I'm there and prioritise and <laughs> get my shopping list out. And make the most of it while we're there, all that stuff.
1: I <laughs> know, uh, it's um, where we are like, Ulm is a pretty big um city I guess um so it's it's we have everything we need there but after living in the city and now we've been two um two and a half years here in Mm -hmm. this village definitely especially during the whole pandemic thing um it was just really nice to be like a kind of away from it all and um you know not to be constantly in terms of like the
0: like the moving places, going to India, so then moving to Germany, like when it comes to like leaning into your desires, have you had any like problems around that? If I look at my own experience, like moving here to South Africa, like it was a bit, initially I came in very like organized and then I kind of let myself just flow into like what's going to happen and, you know, cause you know, we get that question a lot, especially um, from family and friends, like, what are you gonna do next? What are you gonna do next? I was like, and this came to a point where I actually don't know. I don't know.
1: <laughs> I'm going with it. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. So obviously going from London to India was just like, well, I don't know. Like, mm. I'm just just going. Um, which at the time was something that seemed very out of character for me because I had I never I'd always had a plan, mm. you know. Um And when I moved from, then I moved to Germany and that was it. That was literally just a kind of, let's see what we do kind of thing. So at that time, um, my, I'd, okay. So when I left to go to India, the year that I met my boyfriend, so that was 2013 into 2014, I think. Um, I'd just got my two book deals. So, I knew that I had a certain amount of money, which I didn't have the first time, I literally left with about £2,000 the first time, um, and I knew that I had this career now as a writer, so I would have to be editing my books and writing, so there wasn't this kind of, what am I going to do, it was mm-hmm. like, well, I've got my books, and mm-hmm. apart from that, I'm just going to like enjoy life. Um, And so moving to Germany, it was, you know, I didn't speak the language at all, (laughs) not at all. I learned it at school, but forgotten everything apart from a few words. And it didn't feel very scary because I had my books and the plan was honestly not to move here. The plan was just to, to be here for a while and then go somewhere, like, we were basically winter sun chasers, so it was like, we'll go somewhere in the winter, Mm. Um, and when I registered to move here, it was because Brexit was happening, or the vote for Brexit was happening, and I thought, well, I'm here, so let me just register, just in case, like, I'm sure it won't happen, (laughs) (laughs) and of course it happened, Um, and, you know, it was, I think it was just this thing of I'm in this flow right now for the first time in my life where things are just happening. I've got my book contract, so I don't need to worry about money so much. I'm in this new relationship that feels wonderful. Um, And I'm in this new city that is very green, you know, like there's Mm -hmm. a river that runs right in the middle of it and there's forests around and there's mountains like 45 minutes away. And honestly, I didn't really feel much of a pull to go back to the UK. So there was never really this question: What am I gonna do now? I think I've just always trusted that I will always land on my feet, mm-hmm. um, you know. And when money got tight because I didn't, I didn't get my next book contract, I was like, okay, then let me go find a job. And I got a job in a cafe, and now I speak the language because I was forced to really, you know, practice it. And I think. <laughs> There's some people who need to have like a certain level of security Mm -hmm. um, and need to know that they have a certain amount of things covered. And although I am someone who loves security and I love stability, I wouldn't let it stop me ever from moving somewhere. You know, if Simon would say, let's go move to California tomorrow, then Mm -hmm. I would probably be like okay well I'm sure I'll find something when we're there it's not probably not the best example because it's the states and it's not so easy but um you know so it's I think it's been um a lot of resilience um Mm. a lot of trusting and looking back at all the things I've done in my life up until this point and using that as a proof that you know whatever happens wherever we'll end up I will always find something Yeah. And I think by now my family have also understood that. So the questions are, what are you going to do? <laughs> <laughs> so much less than they were. <laughs> and they don't bother asking anymore. <laughs> not really, no. Yeah. It's like, well, you know, they get the same answer. I don't know. I'll figure something out. Like, um, So, yeah, I don't know if that answers the question. Um, Perfectly. But it was not yeah. particularly organized at all. Having said that I do wish that I would perhaps have been more organized because life in Germany is much <laughs> more bureaucratic than life in the UK and just things that I wish I would have known about you know what to do with my limited company when I moved to Germany and how did how does the tax system work and health yeah. insurance and things um because that was a really really bumpy ride that's given me a lot of um money mindset challenges still to work through from my past experience of being self-employed here so mm. you know again it's that thing of not being so much just in the feminine oh let's see what happens and actually perhaps doing a little bit of research first would have been helpful <laughs>
0: So I love your honesty. To Germany, <laughs> yeah.
1: Just look into all of that stuff first so that you know what to expect.
0: <laughs> I love your honesty. Yes, yes, definitely. <laughs> yeah, especially Germany is like rules and the trains run perfectly on time, don't they? <laughs> oh, no. You see, that's the no? thing
1: that we're all led to believe. They really don't. It's, they don't? Um, what? they really don't every German will tell you and everyone who lives in Germany it's like if you're getting the train you can expect it to be very delayed so um yeah just things like that like, oh, everything runs so perfectly I don't have to worry about it and it's like oh I hear you, I hear you.
0: yeah um, let's talk about menstrual cycle awareness because I'm excited to dive into this because I know that obviously you're very knowledgeable in this space, and I have a fair bit of knowledge in it. So I know that we can go into like the nitty gritty of it, and especially as it relates to entrepreneurs. Yes. Um, so how do you how do you like to see menstrual cycle awareness? Like,
1: I feel like it's both. Yeah, to be honest, um, I like to think of it as a compass. So you know, it's like the the, the act of, of menstrual cycle awareness or the, the practice of menstrual cycle awareness and practicing menstruality is like my compass, right? So it's, um, it's about recognizing like today, for example, waking up and, and noticing what's happening in my body, knowing where I am in my cycle, noticing what's happening for me, and then adjusting myself where possible to give myself what it is that I need. And for me, that's like something that happens all the time. So that's my compass. That's how I move through life. Um, But it is absolutely also a tool um, that you can use. So I don't know that it's possible to separate the two. I feel like, you know, the the menstrual cycle is just a part of my life. Hmm. It is my life and my life. affected by my menstrual cycle so that for me they're just like it's just there now in a way that some other self-development and mindset tools and things just you know they were great but they um yeah they they lacked this there wasn't this kind of like switch that turned on and went oh wow I totally get that whereas with menstrual cycle awareness it was like oh my obviously like come on Yes, (laughs) yeah <laughs> it's the one yes. thing that I do all the time whereas with some of the other mindset stuff and self-development tools and everything you know I do them occasionally menstrual cycle awareness is, it's every day yes
0: times. it's like coming I think when I learned it and it just hit me when you said that like when I learned more about it when I dove into it more when I started to track my cycle and Um, you know, compare against the seasons, you know, like follicular ovulation, luteal menstruation, like, um, it was like, yeah, like you said, it was a knowing, like, of course, like, (laughs) um, yeah, I love that. And I think something I particularly love about it is just the awareness that it gives me, like, um, for instance, like, as an entrepreneur, if I'm planning a launch, I can work out what kind of like what stages of my cycle I'm going to be straddling, and then already have an appreciation for what might come up in that point. Mm. Um, how do you guide your clients through through that kind of thing? I'd love to know.
1: Through what through launches and things like that? You mean?
0: Yeah, yeah, or just anything in their business, really. And like,
1: yeah, it's interesting actually because all of my clients no one of my no that's not true actually I've got I would say that it's been about 50 50 in terms of those who are self-employed and those who are employed yeah so I feel like the like the basis is just obviously tracking like that is the basis the basic thing that you can do unless you've been doing it for so long already that you don't really need to like quote unquote track as in like pen and paper tracking or app or however it is Um, because for me the, the the most important thing is to understand where your triggers are so that you can work around them so I work on the basis of understanding that you have triggers and and vulnerabilities. And so we need to learn how to best support those and pad them out, but Mm -hmm. also learning where you're at your best, like where are your superpowers in your cycle? Where do you just feel like that juicy? Mm. Mm -hmm. And so when you know those things, then obviously you can start to plan things around them. So, um, you know, with one of my clients, she's just starting out with her business and she already knew that she really struggled. I mean, most people know that they really struggle in their premenstrual phase, but that was mm-hmm. something that was a real um, a real tough time for her. And so I mean, were looking at, you know, she's launching this brand new offering and also not just looking at the launch period, but actually when she's giving this live in-person workshop and it's like, you know, things like being able to say, well, now that you know about your cycle you're planning out this, you know, this launch period and you want to, are you sure you want to give this workshop here? Like, are you sure you want to open yourself up for perhaps extra criticism at a time when you already have like a really loud inner critic? Yeah. Um, And, you know, she's like, well, I have to do it here because that's just how my calendar is or whatever. Then it's like, okay, like, how can we help you to support yourself so, that you're not going to get like knocked off your feet if you get only five people instead of 15, for example.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so, it's really about which is, I think, what menstrual cycle awareness is about in general. For me, it's about handing the power back to the client, it's about getting them to know what they need when they need it and how they can give it to themselves Mm. it's about sovereignty and taking ownership but in a way that is um you know sometimes I think when we say like take ownership of your life it's like (laughs) and I don't mean it like that it's just like this is your life and you have the key already like you have you you have all of the knowledge that you need it's just buried under lots of stuff and so Mm. tracking the cycle and um and understanding what your own individual cycle looks like is i think like the the basic and most important key to be able to understand how to claim that <clears throat> that sovereignty back
0: yes absolutely yeah and who's to say like you won't always have to avoid holding a workshop in your luteal phase because that's just based right. on your current symptoms that yes. could change um slash you and find better coping mechanisms and mm.
1: yeah yeah you know I found that it like that is something that I found is that or it does, maybe doesn't change, but you realize that although there are these vulnerabilities at this time in your cycle, there are also some pretty strong superpowers. And I think that when you are in balance, It's less like, oh, God, this is my premenstrual week and it's going to just be awful and I'm just going to be crying and brain fog and not able to do anything, which was the past experience, because, you know, at least in um, in the cases that I've worked with, they were so out of balance that everything was just and things were just not being dealt with. So everything was coming up in the premenstrual phase. But when you start to work on that and Mm -hmm. give it space Then this inner critic, and I really love the inner critic, she gets a bad rep, but I really love her. She's there to help, right? Yeah. So you can then be like, okay, I'm going to give this launch in this this period of time. How can I use her? Like, how can I get her on my side Mm. to be my best friend instead of being like my worst enemy? So, Mm. you know, I think it's important not to kind of become... Like disabled by your cycle, not to look at it and say, "Oh no!" Like I know that's my vulnerable point, so I can't do anything there. It's again yeah, it's taking back the power.
0: Yes, it's a vulnerable absolutely.
1: point, but I can. Mm. can
0: that. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. I find for myself personally, like I probably wouldn't schedule too much public speaking in my luteal phase, in that premenstrual phase, but I would maybe like edit website copy because I know that my inner critic that and that and my superpower during that time is like really good attention to detail I get really specific and I kind of use that inner critic to my advantage in that time Yeah. yeah yeah yeah
1: It's, you know, it's as lovely as it would be to be able to really live this like <laughs> menstrual yes. phase, do this, ovulation <laughs> do this, ovulation, do that. Like it would be wonderful. But the reality is that this is just not the world that we live in. And of course, you know, the flexibility of being a self-employed person is that you can say, for example, OK, I've got this new offering I want to give and I want to create it and work on it and offer it in line with my cycle you can do that because you've got that flexibility and it might take you six months instead of three <laughs> but you know whatever you can do that um but for most people <clears throat> that's just not possible yeah and especially if you are working in a corporate environment and you have deadlines and no one really cares if you're on your period or whatever <laughs> yeah <laughs> you've got a job to do um you know we just yeah and I think that's something that we have like innately we are innately resilient and we are innately flexible and the fact that we have this cycle that changes and ebbs and flows like we are very adaptable it's just a case of um kind of giving it a bit of a frame I
0: think Mm. Mm. yeah I'm so grateful for my cycle to know the kind of ebbs and flows of energy and yeah I th- it definitely does be. feel like a superpower yeah yeah
1: mm. yeah life got easier that's for sure yes <laughs> like it got yes. easier not very sweeping state statement but yeah um you know it's it, it has got easier lots yeah of mm.
0: yeah I know that when I was starting to pick up more knowledge around my menstrual cycle like one and a half two years ago like the analogy that came up for me was like it went from like trying to run up an escalator backwards because I'd give myself so much shit like in my luteal phase and menstruation as well like why can't I be as productive Um, not even realizing that you know I was in those phases really other than I'm on my bleed I'm not on my bleed um, but yeah yeah
1: yeah, yeah. it's Wild, how um how magical it is, and how little we know about it. So I think that's one I, why I'm just like I can't stop talking about it now. Yeah, <laughs> because it's like there's this whole new world for you to step into, um, and it's yours, and it's it's like one hundred percent tailored to you. So it's, yes, yeah, yeah. It's amazing, yeah, absolutely.
0: Like, and no matter what symptoms you're experiencing, like. It doesn't make them wrong. It doesn't make them bad. It's just, you know, what you have at the moment, and, and you know, you tune into it and then work with it and then adapt you know, if if you need. And like, mm. yeah, because yeah. I think like so <laughs> on the surface level, like you know, society tells us like stick a tampon up there pretend it's not happening like hide your tampons and like let alone the wisdom of the menstrual cycle and using it in the entrepreneurial space yeah. um so yeah it does feel a bit rebellious going into it I guess and then, mm-hmm. but I understand the feeling of when yeah when you find out so much about it you want to tell everyone about it <laughs> <laughs> yeah. how do you um I'm curious like you mentioned working with people um who who are menstruating and employed like Mm -hmm. how what kind of um like if there's any listeners who are not entrepreneurs or not entrepreneurs yet like uh, yeah especially if they are in corporate and building their businesses on the side still and curious about the menstrual cycle how do you yeah how do you coach around that
1: Mm, yeah, I mean, it's difficult because a lot of the time it can feel like rinse and repeat with, you know, when you, you have to go to work and it's kind of like you're doing the same thing every day. And But that's not true. Like there's always, or at least as, as I've seen it and as I've experienced it, there's, you know, there's always some room for wiggling around. So, mm. you know, is it that you are... Are you able to um, structure your meetings in a way that support you as for where you are in your cycle? So, you know, that might literally be um well, not scheduling meetings at a certain time or asking that they be, you know, I'm thinking about my time in London Underground where there's like a gazillion <laughs> different locations, yes. offices. It's you know, oh my goodness. Um you know like is it possible that the meeting can be scheduled in your building instead of like across the other side of the city so that you don't have to like factor in this travel time like there's Mm. so many small adjustments that can be made um and like like you I'm also someone who's and I think like a lot of people like very laser focused in my luteal phase like that I'm not necessarily creative at that time, but I can, like, just sit down and get on with stuff. And it's like, okay, so yeah. are there projects that, you know, are quite meaty that you need to be able to just, like, get in there with clear and critical thinking? Can you do that next week instead of this week? Mm. Um, and if you're then having a side hustle, <laughs> which is really exhausting, I know oh, that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, then really using the menstrual cycle for the side hustle, because, you know, you've got your, your nine to five, which is taking up most of your energy. And I kind of come more at it from a point of view of your side hustle should be, you know, it should be something fun, first mm-hmm. of all, um, mm-hmm. because I thought, why would you be doing it? Yeah, but, you know, it should really be something fun. And if you are, for example, you know, you're on your bleed, and you've got a really busy week at work and when you come in through the door, like, all you want to do is put on your jogging bottoms and your hoodie and, like, just, ugh, you know, like, rest and recover. Like, okay, well, use this knowledge. Like, do you have to then sit and, you know, work until midnight on your side hustle? It's, you know, that because you can use that time to rest and tank up so that when you're in your more productive time in your cycle, you have got the energy to come and sit and work until midnight on your side hustle and get more out of those, um, you know, really precious hours where you're away from your job to help build your side business. So Mm -hmm. it's difficult because it gets to a point where it's like, I can't do both. Or, you know, you need to perhaps give a little bit less mental energy in one direction and focus it more in another and it, it there is a you know a point where it does feel really overwhelming but I think um mm. using your cycle and understanding where you act and behave and um you know where your superpowers are and using that to help you not just in your corporate but especially in your side hustle um because otherwise it's just easy to get, get exhausted yeah I it. love what and, you said there yeah, And it puts you off because then you just think, well, I can't do this. I don't have enough hours in the day. How am I ever supposed to launch this thing? Like, mm. oh, I'll just forget about it and stick with this job that makes me unhappy. And it's like, no, <laughs> you don't have to do that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. Just that reframe, yeah, where
0: you give yourself a bit of grace and then the productivity is made up when you're yeah. in that stage of your cycle where you have your superpowers, like you said. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah Yeah. you know what also came to mind I had a flashback to corporate and when I was on my bleed and I started to have some more awareness around menstrual cycle awareness like I I wouldn't like force myself to wear like a pencil skirt when I was menstruating I would have like some like comfier corporate clothing to wear (laughs) I that came to mind I just remember that and there was also a time when I was taking the train from London to Birmingham like at least a few times per week and I would like you know, I'd always let myself get whatever I want, but even more than like chocolate, hot chocolates, you know, mm, mm, <laughs> this feeling yeah, into Pret what I it. wanted. Yes, it was Pret. <laughs> I was thinking of Pret. <laughs> oh, yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. It's, it's small things. It doesn't yeah. have to be big, big shifts. And I think actually like that is with everything um you know but especially when it comes to doing cycle work because you you learn about this stuff and it's like oh my god there's so much and it can feel really overwhelming but it's like just small things you know like just start with something really small yeah you know can you go to bed like five minutes earlier yeah like Um, you know so your body gets five minutes more rest like that's not huge but it's something that can make quite a big um, impact when you then have to go to work the next day and you've then got, I don't know, like coaching clients in the evening or something like that. So um, just starting small, I think, um, just makes it a lot less overwhelming, more doable.
0: Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, I remember reading in a book recently and I thought this would even be helpful if you don't even look into the four stages of your cycle. You just look at your cycle like two stages yeah, being like, um follicular and ovulation luteal and menstruation and it yeah. was like the two vias like yeah. Ec- yeah. more extroverted more introverted and I thought mm-hmm. even that lens even that little bit of information changes yeah. the game like because then you have an appreciation when you're in that more introverted phase that's okay like if you don't yeah. want to do all the things and speak to all the people and quite mm-hmm. frankly you can just hate people at that point <laughs> and then <laughs> right <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. yeah mm. simple is um, usually better mm. yeah
0: mm. <laughs> now um I love this like I'd love you to speak more about this program because I think we've talked a lot about like the luteal phase but I'd love to dive into it even further um mm. and you yeah you mentioned that you've got is it a program or like a um if you'd love to if you'd like to talk about it I'm not sure how much you want to share <laughs> yeah
1: yeah, for sure. So it's not a program. It's um, it's a it's an intensive coaching session, basically. So it's um, they also go by the names of VIP days, which I'm you know don't know how I feel about that, but um, I like to call it a coaching intensive, and it's basically six hours. Um, so pretty much a nearly a whole working day, where it's really about laser focusing on your business. So. And I've called it the premenstrual power-up because I feel like as a business owner, solopreneur, whatever you want to call it, one of the biggest things that we have to deal with is the inner critic and imposter syndrome and this feeling of of, I can't do it, like Mm. I I need a website, I don't know how to write a website, I can't do it. Um, Social media, I hate getting in front of the camera, I can't do it. Who's going to listen to me? You know, all these things that come up and obviously um, <laughs> from, from a lot of people, there's a natural home of that coming up, which is in the luteal phase, the, the yes. space between ovulation and period. And this is something that I really enjoy. I love, I love working with it in the critic. I'm a bit of a devil's advocate kind of person. So I'm um, my mind is always kind of um, wanting to like really unpick things in a very particular way, and so this this program it's um, it's six hours of one on one, and w- it starts off with some yoga and just you know kind of grounding the body um, because this is something that you know we know helps <laughs> we know it helps us to just like breathe even if you don't do anything else. Um, learning about your menstrual cycle so there's a little um, menstrual cycle 101 in there um for people who don't know anything about their cycle really or they you know they know a little bit but want to learn more um I also include some human design stuff in there because a I love it and b um as a coaching tool it's amazing and then the the big chunk of the pre-menstrual power up is really about looking at your business and clearing the table so it's I like to think of it as a kind of like clear the table strategy session um so for people who are like my diary's a mess I don't know how to structure this or I've got this offer that I want to put together but I don't know like what to do when the idea is just to sit down all other distractions are gone and we're looking at this one thing or these two things that you want to work through basically so the last one that I did um, was someone who, who she wants to put together a membership and the an app. Um, and you know, she's doing a billion things at once. She's a trainer, a personal trainer, so she's got clients and she's got group programs and courses yes. and all this kind of stuff. And it was like, okay, like <laughs> let's strip it way, way back, and then use the inner critic. So being in the premenstrual phase, the idea is that we meet in the premenstrual phase. Mm. because there is always gold in what the inner critic says we might not like it and it might be really hard to hear it um but I love to that's how I work with the inner critic it's like listening to her and then really teasing out the things that are true in there so that you can then take actions to, yes. you know to work through them so if your inner critic is saying to you You know, you've had it on your to do list for ages that you need to build a website because people are asking you for things and you don't know how to, um, you know, direct people, but you don't know how to build a website. You've never done that before in your life. Like, who are you to do this? No one's even going to look at it anyway. It will look rubbish. And, you know, all this stuff that happens and it's like, okay, like, what is the truth in that? The truth is that you don't know how to build a website. (laughs) That's okay. Like (laughs) you never did that before. It's fine. No one is born knowing how to do that. So what are the actions that we can do? What can we do to get this, you know, um, this mindset change from I can't do this and I don't know how to do this to I can do this and use that inner critic to help. So that's it's a pretty intensive situation because it's six hours of one-on-one time. Yeah. But the point is that it's for people who are feeling very stuck with something and don't want to have to do it over three months by working with a coach one on one over three months. And they rather just, you know, want to get it sorted out in that one go. And there's lunch in there. Like, I, you know, depending where you live, I've got like, you know, lunch delivered to your door. And yeah, I just, just having. Been in both camps of having a menstrual cycle and an inner critic and a business, was like, what would I really need sometimes? I would need this sort it out fairy. Yes. <laughs> to come and sort it out. And, it, you know, this was when I was thinking, well, hang on a minute. Like, that was my job. For so many years in corporate, like, I was clearing other people's mess and finding strategies to get through things. And, you know, really just kind of put that out of, I don't need that anymore. That was my old life. But actually, no, I really enjoyed that and I'm really good at it. And so that's why I put the pre-menstrual power up together and it's so much fun.
0: That sounds incredible. (laughs) You're bringing your yoga, (laughs) your zone of genius, clearing up the mess and menstrual cycle awareness. Yeah, that sounds absolutely incredible and so so needed. Yeah. (laughs)
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Um, I think it's one of it's one of my favorite things Mm.
0: yeah yeah (laughs) yeah especially that phase like it gets gets so much shit (laughs) like the the premenstrual luteal phase and but there are some definite gifts in there and it's part of our cycle like we're not going to get rid of it
1: like right
0: and and we can't just be
1: paralyzed (laughs) time you know like we need to still do things in that time so oh, maybe it will never be your favorite part of the cycle and that's okay, it doesn't have to be, um, mm. you know, but it's just learning some tools and ways to go through it and actually then being able to help it, like, you know, so it benefits you, it can help benefit you and your business if you know how to shift it yeah. directly. Absolutely. The magic time. <laughs>
0: yeah. Oh, thank you so much, Natalie, and... um. I guess, is there any like parting thoughts, anything else you wanted to add or, and how can people
1: find you? I say no parting thoughts apart from just keep it simple to start. Like, you know, if you're really new to this, it can be like, what are they talking about? I have no idea. Like just keep it simple um, and just start to get to know where you are in your cycle. What cycle day are you on today? Like when was your last period? And count back counts backwards forwards no forwards. (laughs) count forwards from your your last period and then you know like what cycle day you're on and it's just about how do I feel today what do I need Mm. um how can I like give myself what I need and start from there um and how can people reach me I would say Instagram is probably the best place I'm there almost every day you <laughs> too. Uh, yeah like it's my it's my home <laughs> now um natalie.kmartin and my website is nataliekmartin.com um I'm all over the internet for many things books and and coaching and so on but um natalie K. Martin will always lead you <laughs> <Love it. laughs> where I'm at and what I'm
0: doing <laughs> yeah yoga menstrual cycle awareness yeah. Book yeah. fiction yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah
1: yeah yeah there's a it's a lot but you know I, I don't have like a brand name or anything so it's um I'm pretty easy to find I would say wonderful
0: thank yeah. you so much thank you yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I'm so excited that you're here. I'm so excited that you continue to listen and we grow this inner glow getter community. The best place to follow along and make sure you never miss an episode is to be following me on Instagram at Kayla.Benson. I can't wait to connect with you all very, very, very soon in the next episode of the inner glow getter. Lots of love.